podcast, every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Well, welcome to the Leadership Podcast, and uh, we're excited about, as of this recording, Christmas is one week from today, and uh, for me, it's a, it's a rich season. 2019's been a really hard year for for so many ways. I'm, I'm waiting for that easy year to come, actually, uh, but it's been a hard year, but um, rich. Uh, rich year and this time of year is just for me it's just very rich to celebrate the reality of Christ in our lives the reality of the privilege we have of being light and darkness and uh, I love Christmas lights for that reason because it's just that even the smallest Christmas light on the front porch of a house is to me a, a sign of hope it's not how big the lights, Clark Griswold. It's, it's, uh, it's just the fact that you have light, and uh, excited about that. But as I as we go into as I as of this recording, we'll you'll be hearing this going into 2020, and so I wanted to spend a little bit of time in recalibration, recalibrating our lives around what we call the five S's, and just do a check and see. Am I living in balance with these five realities? So let's go back over these basics. One time after the Green Bay Packers had played very poorly, Vince Lombardi, the great coach, came in that Monday, held up a football and said, gentlemen, this is a football. And his whole point was, we're going to start with the basics. And that's, of course, what he was renowned for is, They didn't run a lot of plays. They just learned how to do the power sweep as well as anyone had ever done it. And so a lot of times we don't need to renovate, innovate. We need to renovate what we're doing. And that's where the quality of the five S's begins. So let's let's go over those. Let's go over those. Are you, number one, are you regularly practicing solitude? So solitude is the practice of disengaging from noise, disengaging from input, disengaging from opinions and evaluations, disengaging from achievements, to get quiet. And the words of Psalm 46.10, remember these, be still and know that I am God. In Latin, the word be still is vacate, from which we get our word vacation. And I'll always love this because it's take a vacation from being God. That's what solitude is. Take a vacation in the words of Bob Wiley. And if you don't know who Bob Wiley is, oh, how poor your life has been. Take a vacation from your problems. And so in solitude, we disengage. We get quiet. You figure out what kind of posture do I need to be to disengage my mind? What kind of pattern do I need to disengage my mind? I, I, when all else fails, I use the Lord's Prayer. If, if, uh, if you say, I, I want something more specific than that, the Lord's Prayer, we turned it into an acrostic, P-R-A-Y, where you, you P 
stands for praise, where I just I just thank God for the things that I got yesterday. Where R stands for to repent, which that literally means to turn. And what do I need to turn from? A behavior that I exhibited yesterday, an attitude, maybe some sin in your life that you need to turn from, confess to God. A stands for ask. It's where you ask God for the needs of the day. What meetings are you going to have today? What conversations do you anticipate? What pro- preparation do you need to to get ready for? And you you ask God what what are concerns you have on behalf of other people? What are your what are the things you're worried about? And then Y stands for yield. It's where you have a process of again surrendering your life. And a great thing about Neuroscience now, as we know, literally, if you spend 10 minutes a day meditating upon thanking God for his love for you, it literally changes your brain. So are you, are you engaging in solitude? That'd be a great renewal to have happen January 1st, 2020. Secondly is scripture. And this is a trust that there is a supernatural power to allowing scripture to come into my life every day. And if you're not a student of Scripture yet, uh, I would say if all you did in the year 2020 was read through the Gospel of John over and over, there are a couple things that would happen. One is you would get the basic message of Christ's life in your life and your leadership. Secondly, you would you would get to know the Gospel of John, which was the most outreach of all the Gospels written. It was written for people who weren't religious. And that's one of the things that's really cool about it. Grab a copy of the Message Bible. You can download that on the Uversion app. And uh, tag MSG, the Message Translation, and, and you'll go, Wow, I never really knew that this could be this clear and understandable. If you'd rather do something that's a little more broken up on a daily basis, I highly recommend Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. It's a very simple devotional. A lot of people use that. I think it is in the classic vein in the sense that a long time from now it'll still be used by people. I use My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers quite a bit. Not every day, but quite a bit I use that. I've actually gotten a lot of message ideas from that. But just having the input of Scripture... There's a verse in Ephesians 5 that talks about the washing with water through the word. And one of the things I do think about scripture is it is a cleansing agent. It, it washes you of destructive attitudes and thought processes. It cleanses the mind and soul and the, the power of that. And then what's critical for leaders is obviously the S of service. Do I engage particularly in serving those I lead, in building others up, doing my best to meet people where they are? But then as a leader, what can I do to invest in service that as much as possible is anonymous? I won't get applause. Because as leaders, we're leading people. When things go well, we're like the quarterback. We get too much credit. When things go poorly, we may get too much blame. Who knows? But when I serve, when I do that for others and they cannot do back for me, I don't get applause. I don't get affirmation from it. It builds our character. And it becomes very connected to solitude. In solitude, I disengage from the addiction of approval. But in anonymous service, 
I also affirm that reality. I've told the story before of one of the turning points of my life. We'll get to significant events in a moment. One of the significant events of my life was in 2011 when Sherry and I went on uh, a, a, a near two-week journey through Egypt and uh, the Promised Land, Jordan, and into Israel, and, and much of that was hiking. And it was spent with 25 other people who didn't know that I was a pastor, and I lied and told him that I was a coach, which wasn't technically a lie, but I didn't want anybody to know I was a pastor, and I rediscovered that I did love serving people, even when I wasn't paid to be good, and uh, I think that's the value of the discipline of daily serving someone who cannot reciprocate value back to you. Number four is support, and that is Am I engaging in authentic relationship where I serve and am being served, I give and receive, I love and am being loved? And that healthy balance of good reciprocal relationships, uh, I'm not engaging in leadership alone. That's a dan- the, the rogue leader is the dangerous leader, but not dangerous in a good way. Dangerous in that we can easily fall into skimming which usually leads to scheming, which usually leads to scamming for the leaders. And the way to intercept that is with relational scanning. And that is I open myself to trusted peers, trusted friends, and we mutually support each other in the struggles we have in life. I don't know what I'd do without long-term investment in friendships that our opportunities to engage in supporting others, being there for them, praying for them, but they in turn have been there for me. Do not judge me when I am less than my best, but support me. So the S of support. And then lastly is the daily practice of significant events. Significant events are those both intentional and sometimes accidental things that happen to us that become levers for growth and development. And significant events may be a meeting and a conversation you have today, uh, all the way up to a huge decision that you make, a diagnosis you receive, uh, a reward you, you accomplish. It can, significant events can be ones on the scale and tens on the scale of events. But every day we have opportunities to dig into what really happened there, to discover the impact that it had on us. If we're in a relationship, to discuss and then decide what am I going to do with the events that happened to my life so that I always grow. And uh, we use the learning circle as our tool to dig, dis- discover, discuss, and do so that the things that happen to us, as Paul said in Philippians 1, have led to fill in the blank. And he said in Philippians 1, in the Roman jail cell, while he's sitting there, I want you to know the things that have happened to me have, have led to the advancement of the gospel. And that's, that's a person who's intentional about the adversity and the awards that they receive that a person who's intentional about the obstacles and the opportunities 
And that's what significant events allow us to experience. So we hope, I hope this year that you look at your life always in, in through the lens of solitude, scripture, service, support, and significant events. And if you do that, when we get to this time next year in 2020, it'll be nearly impossible for you not to be a deeper person and a better leader. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McMahon. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.